Okay, welcome to Come Play Presents with Sasha. No, Sasha Come Play Presents. I don't know what my show is called yet, you guys. It doesn't matter. Um, maybe it's going to be called Raw and Real. Real and Raw. Raw and Real. Raw and Real? Yeah, like like Raw and Real. So Raw and Real. Okay. Raw like I'm reeling you in. <laughs> but I was thinking Raw like a raw fish like or Raw D. Let's not say that because my parents listened to the last podcast. Um, anyway, guys, hi, Hello. if you're listening. Um, I am with the amazing Marco Solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we, we just started a conversation that inspired me, and I wanted to share it with you guys, so we're going to have this conversation. We've not had it yet, but we just got like, ooh, we should record this. Impromptu. Yep. So remember the game, if we use any buzzwords like divine masculine or divine feminine, you got to like drink or smoke. So get your stuff ready um, to play the game. So the question at hand with Marco, who, welcome home, by the way. Thank you. Marco was gone traveling solo this summer um, with his amazing RV and his amazing dog. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll get to hear some glimpses of this trip. Mm. Um, and we love to ecstatic dance with Marco. And he's back in San Diego to come play with us. Today, this He Friday stopped by Oceanside 13th, to see me. Ooh. Full moon. Full moon. Har- Ow! Harvest. Oh, yeah. Pisces full moon. Harvest moon? Yes. And micro moon. Okay, dude, these are buzzwords. What the hell's a harvest moon and a, and a moon? Well, a harvest moon is only the full moon of the harvest season. Oh, uh, like Mabon. Yeah. That's the pagan name for it. Oh, okay. But celebrating the harvest moon, so you're reaping, so it's time to reap the benefits of your labors. Right, literally, because you're reaping after dark, because it's light at night. Cause you gotta come closer. Full. You're not Because the moon enough. is full. Okay. Um... What about this micro moon you said as well? Oh, yeah. It's also, I believe it, apogee. Perigee is the closest and apogee is the furthest distance, I believe. Do it, it again. Might be the, the Couldn't reverse. Wrap my ground up. But I believe apogee is the furthest point that the moon gets in its orbit. So it is at that. So it's micro, so it's small to us. It's, yeah, it's one of the, it's like opposite of a supermoon. <laughs> supermoon is the nearest micro moon. Great. Uh, that term is far out. So it's far away, but still powerful, <laughs> apparently. It feels like it's pulling things out of me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't know, someone on Instagram, whatever, one of those card readers, I forget her name, sorry, I should know this and be plugging her, but... Anyway, she pulled this card, Kali, this morning, mm. which is, you know, Start transformation, to- death. And she just was saying, with every ending is a new beginning. And we're at the end of the Zodiac season with Pisces, Mm -hmm. and it's a new beginning as well. Yeah. I'm at the end of my summer sojourn, literally back today. So. With all these new possibilities beginning. Yeah. Okay. So the question at hand, Marco Solo. Mm Mm-hmm. You gotta speak up, man. Sasha, complain. <laughs> what is the question at hand? Oh, that's awesome. I like it when you use your big man voice. Yeah. Um, okay, the question at hand was: How do we? What? What? Actual actions can we take to inspire people to care about the earth and each other? Mm-hmm. 
And I would say in that subject, all life itself. Right, right. So what actions can we take to improve life, to make, to influence or inspire it, to care? To care. Oh my God, to help others care and to care enough to care for it. Oh God, yeah. Because what we were talking, how this conversation began mm -hmm. was with a conversation about commitment versus attachment. So mm -hmm. you were saying that people are annoying <laughs> and I was agreeing. <laughs> I was. They are. And what was annoying for you is that they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the ignorance, but even more than that, just the almost abstinence from from seeing what's going on around at all times like what's what, what are my surroundings it's like a, there's an insulation at all points it seems for insulation isolation mm. individuation mm. versus community togetherness and like mm. oneness Immersion. Immersion. Yeah, immersion. Immersion in your surroundings. Um, curiosity. Yeah. Like, Awakeness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and acceptance, too, I think. Well, so you're not accepting of those people that are annoying because they don't care? Well, I'm not accepting of their habits or of the, you know, like... Yeah, I guess I guess I'm being intolerant of that habit of the tendencies to ignore or insulate. So like that's what I was saying to you is is if we're committed to the outcome like we want all people to be woke mm. and care about mm earth and each other and life itself yeah yeah that's what we like so that's our main commitment and i feel like that is my main commitment i mean it it matriculates in different ways mm. but that is like my main commitment is to wake people to the oneness mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is why i'm like body awareness everybody's cool body acceptance or why and thank you for your help with international crop top day as well mm -hmm. yeah uh, margo did an awesome design for our crop top t-shirt yeah, and, uh, I loved that project. It's still on Instagram, so we'll do it again next year, and we're actually continuing that conversation. Maybe I want to ask you about your belly in a bit, get a little belly story interview. Okay. Um. So, um, but then also about being attached to the outcome. Like, we want all people to do that, and so when they're not, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, our... Marco is now my landmark friend. I enrolled him in that too. We talked about landmark last time because Tai Tai is landmark too. All right. Um, but that is a distinction of landmark commitment versus attachment, and it's been very helpful to me. So from the place of commitment versus attachment, say like for me, I'll give you my example. I'm on the beach and I see a family with a bunch of kids, and they're playing with hella sand toys. And one of those sand toys is like washing away into the water. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. And as this came up to me this summer, farmer's market, see a kid, you know, toss some trash or something. See, see the incidental littering. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think youth, <laughs> that's, that's the time. That's the real, like, 
way to have an influence is, is seeing young people. Um, but I think this counts for everyone. And yeah, what I really had some turmoil over that. Like, what's the most effective approach? How do you inspire without, you know, succumbing to behavior that's going to end up like shaming or um, antagonizing instead of really. How do you confront someone? Yeah, to, so to like, would in? you confront the kid? Yeah, I mean, that's the idea. Like, to say something or to demonstrate a behavior. But then what? How do you approach? How do you approach a, an incident that, you know, might be innocent enough even in a way that's going to inspire caring instead of... Make somebody wrong. Admonishing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, okay, so I, my instinct would be on my beach example to go to the parent and be like, maybe you could inspire your kids to keep your stand toys where they're not washing away in the water. We don't want to add to the plastic, mm -hmm. but I would feel awkward going up to strangers, kids at a beach. I feel like if their parents were sitting right there, mm -hmm. what about your farmer's market example? Well, ultimately, it floated away, and, you know, I did nothing. In what could end. you have done? Uh, I, I absolutely could have just confronted it in a very polite and very friendly way and said, you know, there are better options, you know. This, this is, throwing it in this trash is better for the animals or for, you know, that's how I got... In New Mexico, my buddy Joe is going to throw a cigarette butt on the ground. I was like, whoa, okay, there are a bunch of reasons why that shouldn't happen. And he's like, uh, and it was the wildlife one that, that worked <laughs> anyway. No, that's a big thing, actually. If anybody's listening that does smoke cigarettes mm, still, mm. I think I need you to promise me right now that you'll stop throwing your cigarette butts on Mother Earth that you will be responsible for your own trash and put it in a receptacle that is for trash and landfill. That's all that can be done with it. But they go into the sewers if you just throw them out on the street and they go into Mother Earth or Mother Ocean. Um, there's what the wildlife eat them. They're extremely toxic for one. The chemicals in them are horrific. I mean, for us in the first place, but you know, as an aside, but yeah, they're they're very toxic to the environment, and yeah, I mean the the physical trash is a problem as well. I mean that's a litter bug. Like we are responsible for our own trash. So I'm asking you if you hear this podcast, Marco, are you asking them with me this bold request? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just pack out. You know, treat life like you're camping in a sense. Yeah, leave no trace. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do you commit to leaving no trace? Yes or no, people. I right do. Now. I mean, I, I do. I try to be as sustainable as I can, but I'm sure I could do better. Mm -hmm. Well, but I don't litter. Yeah, right. Litter is the, the absolute, you know, just <laughs> worst. You know, there's the com the commands, the the reduce, reuse, recycle in that order, and then don't litter. <laughs> this is the law. <laughs> These are the suggestions. This is the law. <laughs> 
So... When we litter, it's like we're so irresponsible for ourselves and we think we're so individual that as soon as it's away from us, it doesn't affect anything or anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no... It, that is somebody acting at the individual level. Right, but even then, I think it must come from a place of, of self-destruction too because at, at the deepest level, I don't think we can truly, really convince ourselves that we're separate from everything. That no. Just like totally non-connected and <laughs> but we do have a self-destructive part i think you're really right about that yeah yeah i think i think a lot of this behavior is kind of just diseased like it's you know it has arisen and it's not necessarily something innate but potentially a, a result of our wacky civilization our really just like crazy societies so, yeah, so I'm always the problem solver. I'm always looking for, well, what's the root cause? You know, and that's, that's the way to be most effective. But at the same time, I think it is down to day. day but you're day right. Behavior. If we're asking a child to just, like, pick something up off the beach, it's still, it's like Western medicine. It's like the, the symptom <laughs> treater, right? Mm. But it's not the root mm. cause. The root cause is that they don't understand that we are one and that if you litter your earth, you're littering yourself, that it's the same. You're littering my front yard as well as your front yard, you know? And, um, and so I, I, I think a bigger treatment is how do we get people in touch with the oneness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Uh... We always speak about the education that's needed for improvement. And I think that's very true. I think in some ways we're, you know, we're a complex enough creature that we do need instruction in how to, how to be effective at living. And we need guidance like that. Um, but I think it's... <laughs> bad we get that from religion so often <laughs> yeah i think it needs to tap into more of what's innate rather than you know these kind of other yeah like these weird ideas of how we're supposed to be living <laughs> so you were talking about being barefoot earlier that feels like an innate thing right right and similar to religion i feel like footwear has been this really strange misconception about what's right for us and that it's been really sabotaging and just wrecked ourselves <laughs> like ugh. or technology yeah i mean this is this disconnection is, from nature yeah yeah I, and i think it is it is similar to religion in that sense, and the saying, we are separate, we're superior even, we're, we're different from everything else, and... I mean, here's my, here's my problem with organized religions that are monotheistic, generally. Mm. And so I don't want to be offensive to anybody, because I really value religion, and I value spirituality, and I, I believe in God, and I value God... But I believe that it's of detriment to us that religions have, monotheistic religions have taken God and put him like Santa Claus up in the sky. So it's now half of our humanity because there's no goddess with that God. And it's outside of us. 
and he knows best. It's like a ruler of all. But if we talk about it as a creator, a source of creation, and God made us in his likeness, that God is inside each of us. That spark of creation is inside each of us, and that's why we're all such magicians. That's why speaking is spelling, and as soon as we think it and verbalize it, we can make it into an actual thing. Mm. And we are. So I, I don't mean to even... I don't really believe in like all the hierarchy anyway. Listen to podcast number mm. one. But, you know, we get to carry on like children the seed of God and the seed of creation. Mm. Um, and so it's actually in us. And when we find it in ourselves, it's easier to see it in someone else and in the world around us and everything around us that it's all sacred. Right. Um, so for me, that's like really where I want to approach people my mm. teachings and religion in general is like mm. if we can find our mm. reflection in everything we know the oneness we're not separate from god or anyone else yeah i can really respect that uh sacredness i think it's just the concept of something sacred is an important part of the answer i believe um you know, when you honor something, when you treat it with the uh, most respect, um, you can't not care. You can't ignore what you're doing. So true. So, what is sacred then? <laughs> what, oh my gosh. What, mm. what, I mean, in, the, in a sense, everything, right? I couldn't, yeah, I, I, th I think in right. a sense, everything. Um, like right now, to me, what's sacred in this moment, I'll just say, mm. is um, I was like one of your first stops back home. Like you came home to me as a friend. Mm. And the first stop? Yeah. 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 That was your hand gesture. <laughs> yeah, um, first stop. And that you took your shoes off when mm. you entered my house because my house is sacred to me and I don't wear shoes in it mm. and you respected that rule mm. um, that right now I felt comfortable enough bringing you into like my inner sanctum so we're actually in the bedroom of the unicorn lair right now in my cosmic bed uh, cosmic princess bed <laughs> but um, you know that that we so so that, that I feel sacred in your presence and I'm able to like reciprocate that Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with respect and honoring of me and my asks, my rules, uh, my yeses or my nos. Mm -hmm. It's very translatable to consent, actually. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's something that I really honor about you and getting to know you is that it, it, it does make sense. There is, <laughs> there is a real order in a chaotic way as far as you know what what the guidelines are what what way to work best and for me that's been my lifelong focus I've always just been trying to get the biggest picture possible and be able to say well what's best you know and it, I don't know if it goes into good and bad but what's moment to moment most efficient in some ways but also most landmark uses the word workability workability 
but how, yeah. How, like, is it workable? Is it easy? Is it like doable like that? Right. You know, so, but I mean, for me, like the idea, it's, it, it, it has to be effective. It has to, you know, what you're looking for has to move things forward, but it also has to be like emotionally right and you know, respectful and so it, it's, a, it's a bit complicated, but I think just that attentiveness and just that attempt to be present in that sense, but with the intention of, of just conducting yourself the most smooth way possible for yourself and for everybody around you. So that's been a bit of a, you know, obsession. And it's led to a lot of good discoveries, but I think it's also led to a lot of frustration. And so that means something needs to change about the approach, too. I'm thinking that that's that saying of we um, are creatures of habit. Mm. But the reason I'm thinking that is because I was thinking about how you enter a temple. Mm. Um, different temples in different ways obviously but the one in my mind was Hindu you'd take off your shoes to begin with mm. and you'd come in and you'd like get in there by singing a bit then you'd dance and chant and mm. like jump around and have a great time <laughs> and then you'd talk a bit and get like conceptual about it and then eat and then maybe sing or dance some more mm. um, but it's a ritual and that, so that made me think like these rituals in our everyday life actually really help make order in the chaos. And so, you know, what is sacredness? Well, what, how, do we, how do we make something sacred? How do we mm -hmm. treat it sacredly? Um, you know, we hug our friends or we shake hands. Like those are rituals. Right. that show respect, show honor. We bow in, you know, Asian cultures. Um, mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I brought up kind of rules or at least guidelines, and I think that's what ritual is. Ritual is saying, well, this is how we do it. And I think even just the act of saying that, of saying, well, this is how we do it, no matter what you're doing, but having decorum or something to it is, is the point, is the practice to, to make it more sacred. You're giving me a breakthrough right now. I've been coming up against my rebel a lot lately mm. and how she doesn't like to follow rules or directions, mm. Mm. but that what I, my outcome of that, my impact is that I don't finish things and I can't quite complete mm. things because there's some <laughs> steps I'm just trying to jump over, you know, mm -hmm. or do it my way and reinvent a wheel that's already there for me. <laughs> yeah. So actually, you're, mm. the breakthrough for me right now is that rules are rituals. Mm. And that there's, and when I think that, I think there's a sacred reason and there's a, a smart practice yeah. Um, yeah. behind yeah. them. Yeah. And so I'm really going to approach rules and directions as rituals now. That yeah. is a really big breakthrough for me right now. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> um, and that, that connects with me too. I can definitely, well, you know, I've spent a a bohemian season now and you know a lot of it is, is <laughs> I'm your sojourn I yes, love that. Yes. bohemian season <laughs> drink that's a good one <laughs> yeah a lot of it is about rejection and rebellion like that um, 
and having a difficult time with so much of the the inbuilt rituals or traditions because so much of it does seem arbitrary you know and a lot of it to me has come from a place of saying well i don't want it because you know it's only there because you need rules to make it sacred like it's not what you're doing it's why you're doing it and i don't like the what you're doing it doesn't vibe right with me so in other words that was too conceptual to go into I, a I, temple okay yeah <laughs> i want to follow this but i'm not right okay um you know, you can say, well, you know, you have to do things in this order, and you have to do these things in that order. Um, but so much of that, to me, does feel arbitrary, and does feel based on, in a lot of cases, uh, archaic, you know, outmoded things, obsolete best practices, or... That's true. So, Which is good to create your own rituals. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's the conclusion, is that it is about finding your own rhythm you know, within existing best fits so that you're not <laughs> reinventing things that it's not beneficial to. So, yeah, searching and creating. All right. Yeah. What a meandering conversation we've had. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't think we can find like the easy answer to our original question, which is what can we do except for take some action and start to wake people in our own ways. I know there's so many people doing that out there in so many different ways, and I'm really thankful for them so that I don't feel as alone in the job. Right. But like I know most of my generation came in, or at least most of my people, yeah. I came in to do the same thing. Yeah. And uh, so it gives me hope that I know you are there as me doing the same job. Yeah. You know, in our own way. Yeah. Now, here's one thing that I think we can really see change and be a part of changing is the stories that we tell ourselves. You know, we're all about storytelling. 100%. Humans are just you know, meaning okay. makers. Yeah. 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 And. And just, just in some ways, like really fantasy, imaginative and fiction-based. And so we create and consume immense amounts of fiction. And I think that's been really instrumental in all, in all of our progress, right? But I think there are also pitfalls there. For example, you could probably name, you know, five dystopia stories <laughs> off the top of your head. Oh, yeah. Watching zombie shows last night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Name a utopia story. Name a story that describes something that's actually better. Yep. There are none. Essentially. My favorite is a book is by Aldous Huxley. Um, and really the, the only, like, earnest utopia book, at least literature, that I can name. And so Aldous Huxley, the one who wrote Brave New World. So dystopia, very through and through in many ways. Um, that was one of his first books. I think he was in his 20s. Um, but his final novel was called Island. And it was about a utopia. Hmm. Uh, it was about an island that was isolated from the rest of civilization, mostly, but had a tribe that had 
Western science introduced and then said, okay, well, we're going to integrate this into how we live. And it's, as a novel, it's not great. It's mostly describing their culture and how they're living. And the story is, is almost incidental. Um, and that, to me, really set things off. I was like, okay, hmm. I'm not alone in imagining that we can be doing better. And I think this is, you know, for me, this is such a frustration is that I see such imagination and such potential, and I see our current civilization, and it is dystopian. We do live in a dystopia. Um, but I hope you write a book someday. Well, and that's, yeah, that is the crux of, of my behind-the-scenes work, is, is fiction, is, is turning a, a utopia story. Like, what could we get to? Great. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I hope this conversation inspires you to do that. Yeah, well, I'm already... You are? I'm already working on Duh. a utopia story, a near-future what humans might turn ourselves into if we put our minds and souls to it. So that's, that's kind of my fallback answer, at least. Like, well, what can I do? Maybe I can imagine something better and write about it in a way that is inspiring. And saying, oh, wow, why are we living like this right now? We could have this. That's a great way to get to the oneness, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I realized that it's 10 past three at this moment and mm -hmm. I'm out of integrity with a meeting that I was supposed to start 10 minutes ago. Oh, no. Um, no, it's fine. I mean, it's not fine. I'm just, mm. that's what's happened. Mm. So I'm going to have to say, let's have a part two, but this is perfect because okay. it's like 30 minutes. Um, but I would love to interview you about your belly coming okay. up soon and we can talk a little bit more about international crop top day. And mm -hmm. I'd be curious to hear more about your book as well. Sounds great. And your travels. We haven't heard anything really about those yet. Wonderful. Except for a boy in a farmer's market. <laughs> so, Marco Solo, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, you, Sasha. This was wonderful. Welcome. Love you. Mm. Meow for now, kitties. You get to say meow, too. Meow. Meow. Happy full moon. Ow. Mm.